Aloha, this is Pastor Perry, and I want to thank you for joining us online to study the Word of God together. We pray that you will be blessed as the Holy Spirit ministers to you through this message and through God's Word. Lord bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. Hello there, my friends. I'm Pastor Perry. I'd like to welcome you. Happy Sunday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. We're glad you're joining us, and some of you may be joining us for the first time, and we want to welcome you as part of our church family as we worship the Lord Jesus Christ together. And as we just sung, may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause His face to shine upon you. Hello, KCC. Let's read God's Word, Philippians 4, 10, and 18. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. And 18. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied. And now I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Andrew, thanks for doing our scripture reading and bless you and your wife Joy and your boys. Thank you for your ministry that you do. You know, a lot of our missionaries, maybe all of our missionaries are also having to deal with the ramifications of the COVID-19 virus. And it's been difficult for them to do their ministry. Giving has been down for them. And so we do want to pray as we come together today for our missionaries serving around the world. Would you join with me in prayer? Lord, we are so grateful for those who have been called to the mission field around the world. And we pray that you continue to provide for them emotionally, physically, financially, and spiritually, and help them know how to do ministry in this changed world. Lord, we pray that the gospel would go out even more strongly through what's going on in the world, that people who have lost hope will find hope in Jesus Christ. For those who have put their trust in earthly things, that they would discover those things won't last and they would choose to put their trust in heavenly things that last forever. Lord, for each of us, may this time of trial bring out Christ in us. May we be people who are filled with the spirit of Jesus and gracious and kind and patient and hopeful and trusting and faithful during this prolonged trial. Lord, continue to help us to be all those things through the power of Jesus living in us. And Lord, we ask you to speak to us through your word now. I humbly ask that it would be the Spirit who speaks, not me, and you'd take what I've prepared and make it yours, and that you'd speak to each heart now. And we pray all these things in that most wonderful name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Sometime back, my niece, Tanya, who lives in Alaska, gave me a call. And 
she mentioned that she had some stuff that I had given to her some time ago. I was cleaning stuff up, and I thought, oh, maybe she'd like this, and I gave her a box of stuff. And she was going through it, and she found things in there that she didn't know what they were, or maybe she didn't want. And one of them was a brass belt buckle, a big brass buckle that had been handmade in the Philippines when I was deployed there with the 3rd Recon Marines and had my name on it and said Recon on it and pretty cool belt buckle and she wanted to know if I wanted it back. And I said, yeah, I really would like it back and I'll put it in my little trophy case and have it as something to remember. So she said she'd send it to me and I waited for it and waited and it didn't come. And then finally one day FedEx came to my house and I wasn't home so they left a note saying I needed to be home to sign for a box. Now, I thought that was pretty peculiar for an old belt buckle. I have to sign for it. But anyway, I made sure I was home the next day. And FedEx came, and the gal got out of the truck, and she had this box that was about two and a half feet by two and a half feet by two and a half feet. It was huge, like a moving box. And she gave it to me, and I signed for it. And I thought, well, that's a pretty big box for a belt buckle. Well, I'm opening the box and pulling out all that styrofoam popcorn stuff and packaging and and then I was quite surprised by what was in the box, and I'd like to show you what was in the box. Yes, it's a grizzly bear in a box. And it was very dead, of course. And it had been made into a bearskin rug. Now, I just hadn't expected that, a bearskin rug. It was a gift from my niece and from her husband, and her husband is a hunter, and he had killed this grizzly bear, and he had paid to have it made into a rug and given to me as a gift, and it was quite a gift. And I got curious, and I wondered, well, how much is a grizzly bear rug worth? So I went on the internet and looked, and wow, like $8,000 or more. Unexpected gifts are fun, and sometimes they're really valuable. Today we're going to continue in our series, Letters from Quarantine, letters written by the Apostle Paul while he was quarantined in Rome, arrested by the government for preaching the gospel. And he writes some letters, and one of the letters is to a church in the city of Philippi in Greece. And in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 10, as we continue today, we read this. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Opportunity, that's our key word today. Webster's Dictionary defines opportunity as a favorable combination of circumstances. A favorable combination of circumstances. And in Paul's instance, the favorable combination of circumstances were these. Paul needed money. The Philippians had money. But there was a problem. How do you get the money that the Philippians had all the way to the Apostle Paul, who's in another country? He's in Italy. They're in Greece. They're separated by over 800 miles. A boat would be involved, as well as travel by foot or horseback or some other conveyance. They had a delivery problem until another favorable combination of circumstances arose, and that was a man by the name of Epaphroditus volunteered to carry heavy bags of coinage 
that whole distance, over 800 miles, to the Apostle Paul. And we read in verse 18 of Philippians 4, But I, Paul says, have received everything in full. I don't know if there was a receipt to say how much money was involved to make sure that no one stole any money along the way, but he said, I got it all. I have an abundance. It's more than I need right now. Thank you so much. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus, that's the messenger who brought the money, what you have sent. And then he says, what you gave, this gift is a fragrant aroma. It's an acceptable sacrifice. It's well-pleasing to God. You know, gift-giving ought to be a pleasurable experience. Sometimes when the holidays come, Christmas time, or maybe a birthday we forgot, uh, gift-giving becomes a chore or a nuisance, but it really should be pleasurable. And it should be pleasurable for the person who is the giver as well as the person who is the recipient. And if gift-giving is not pleasurable, something is amiss. Verse 10 in our text tells us that the Apostle Paul rejoiced greatly. He found pleasure, great pleasure in the financial gift that he got from the Philippian Christians. And the Philippians themselves, it says, were revived as part of their giving when they gave. That English word revive means to bring back to life, literally. It gave them life to give. And the Greek word that the Apostle Paul uses there is a Greek word anathalo. And anathalo is a combination of two words, a word to flourish and the word again. So he says to flourish again. The Philippians came alive, they flourished when they gave a sacrificial gift. And God himself was watching what was going on. And it says that God himself derived pleasure in watching his children sharing with one another. The last part of verse 18 says, What you sent, it's a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Well-pleasing to God. Parents are constantly instructing their children to share with one another and they do that because it's instinctive for children not to share and to be selfish and it's instinctive for parents to want their children to get along and to share and that's because we have been made in the image of our heavenly father who wants his children to share and so parents want their children to share and just like you parents find joy when your children share voluntarily with one another. God finds pleasure when his children voluntarily share with one another. Great pleasure is found by all three parties, the giver, the receiver, and God himself when people share. Which brings us to our first principle today, principle number one, and the outline as well as some study questions are available for you online if you want to print them out. Principle number one, great pleasure is found in great sacrifice. Great pleasure is found in great sacrifice. 
In one of the odd paradoxes of life, when a person lives to please themselves, they'll discover, ultimately, that that's empty, and it lacks pleasure long-term. If your life is unpleasurable, it could be you've been living for the wrong thing or the wrong person. You've been living for yourself. When people live for other people, when people live to benefit others or to please God, they find their own life is more pleasurable. One of the most beautiful, most miraculous, and most sacrificial and most painful experience of life is pregnancy followed by childbirth. Women literally scream (laughs) with joy (laughs) when the baby is born. What greater sacrifice than to have another human being feeding off your body both inside of you during pregnancy and outside of you when the baby is born and nursed. And yet, I would argue that there's nothing more beautiful than a pregnant woman and a nursing mother. Sacrificing and loving, bringing great pleasure to herself, the child, to God, and even to others who witness. Great pleasure is found in great sacrifice. I remember hearing the true story of an incident that happened in South Korea in the 1950s. And there was a young American missionary who went to South Korea for the first time, and he was being driven around the countryside by an older Korean man showing him around. And they were going by this rather large rice field, and the American missionary looked out, and he saw a peculiar sight. There was an older Korean man behind a wooden plow, plowing the the land, and pulling the plow was a young man, not an ox. The American missionary saw that, and he exclaimed, boy, that's an odd sight. And then he went on to say, they must be very poor not to have an ox to pull the plow. Well, the host said, yes, they are very poor. They're Christians, and when their church was building its building and needed money to build the building, this family sold their one and only ox and sacrificed so they could give to the church. And this season, they are pulling the plow themselves. The missionary was quiet for quite a few moments, and then he said, wow, that's quite a sacrifice. Yes, the host replied, but they didn't think of it as a sacrifice. They were just grateful that they had an ox that they could sell. Great pleasure is found in great sacrifice. You know, God modeled this for us. He literally gave His Son as a sacrifice for our sins so that He could be pleased, so that we could be pleased, and even Jesus could be pleased in the end, so we could all spend eternity together. Great pleasure is found in great sacrifice. We don't know, and probably will never know, 
How many other people, how many other churches could have helped the Apostle Paul but didn't? All we know is that the Philippian church did help and that they were the only ones that helped Paul financially. Look what our text says in verses 15 and 16. Verse 15, and you yourselves also know, Philippians, that the first preaching of the gospel, when Paul first came to Europe, he entered Greece and was preaching the gospel. When he first came, after I departed from Macedonia, Macedonia was the first place he went to preach the gospel in Europe. That's northern Greece. It's an area, a region. He said, after I left that area, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, but you alone. The Philippian church was a city, the Philippi is a city located in this northern part of Greece, Macedonia, and he says, you're the only church that helped me when I was in Macedonia and when I left, only you. And then he says, more than that, verse 16, for even in Thessalonica, another city in northern Greece, you sent a gift more than once for my needs. We don't know how many people could have given. We only know there is one church that did. The list of people who sacrificed to help the Apostle Paul live and to do his ministry is a very short list. And the list of those who could have helped or might have helped or didn't help is a very long list. COVID-19 is providing excellent opportunities for you and me to be displeased with our lives. But it's also offering us opportunities to be pleased with life and to sacrifice and to help other people. Opportunities to give as well as opportunities to receive. The financial impact of COVID-19 pandemic is far-reaching and it's dramatic. And we haven't even begun to truly see the fallout financially of all these closed businesses. And the dominoes are going to start falling. Businesses failing, restaurants failing, airline companies cutting back, maybe even failing, schools not being able to open, city and state governments terribly in debt, not able to do what needs to be done for the city and the state, churches folding, Missionaries having to leave the mission field. All because of financial crisis due to COVID-19. So what's the answer? What should we do? Well, the answer is rather simple, and that's principle number two. And I'd like to give it to you in kind of a local Hawaiian vernacular. If you're not from Hawaii, you may not catch it right away, but it's memorable. Principle number two is this. If can, can. If no can, no can. That means if you're able to do something, do something. And if you're unable to do something, then don't do it. If can, can. If no can, no can. Look, if you can see a way to help somebody then by all means, go ahead and help them. Don't wait for someone else. The Philippians didn't wait for other people because nobody else showed up. They just helped. They could help. But maybe you're someone who can't do anything right now. Maybe you're struggling financially. Maybe you're struggling with your health. Maybe you're struggling emotionally. 
Well, givers can't be givers unless there are receivers. And so maybe you're a receiver now. Receive graciously. Receive warmly. Receive gratefully. Because givers can't be givers unless someone's willing to receive. The Philippians couldn't give unless the Apostle Paul was willing to receive their gift. What if the Apostle Paul said, oh, no thanks, I like prison food, <laughs> or whatever. I heard of people who didn't need the government stimulus check. Our government sent checks arbitrarily to everybody whether they need it or not. And some people said, I don't need it. So they took that check and they found someone who'd lost their job and they gave the entire check to that family. If can, can. And they could and they did. Other people have cashed that check and sent it to their church to keep the church doors open and thriving and supporting their missionaries. If can, can. But some of you needed that stimulus check just to pay your rent. If no can, no can, that's okay. Some of my closest friends, they're, they're family to me. They have the coronavirus going through the family. Through two generations already, and they're trying to protect the older third generation from getting it. And those infected in the household have had to isolate themselves in certain bedrooms in order not to infect the rest of the family. And one of the people who was isolated is mom. There's a lady who knows this family, and she was on her knees praying for them. And then she got off her knees and went into the kitchen and cooked several days of meals for the family because mom couldn't cook because she was isolated and brought it to the family. If can, can. If no can, no can. The Apostle Paul didn't need everyone to help him. But he needed someone. He needed someone to help him. And someone was Epaphroditus who came from his church in Philippi and helped. And the same is true of our friends, our family members, our neighbors, our fellow churchgoers. They don't need everyone to help them but they need someone to help them. And maybe it's you. If can, can. If no can, no can. Be a gracious receiver and say thank you. And when you do help, the pleasure that you will receive is not just a temporal help and pleasure. It's an eternal help, an eternal pleasure. Look at verse 17. Not that I seek the gift itself, Paul says, but I seek for the profit which increases to your account, your heavenly account. Their earthly account went down financially, but their heavenly account went up. And that's what is eternal. Think about it. When you and I get to heaven, there's going to be a reward ceremony. And think how pleasurable it's going to be when Jesus calls your name. Step up here. 
insert your name. And he says, you helped when you could. And people start clapping. And then you look out there, and the people who you did help are giving you a standing ovation with tears flowing down their cheeks because when you could, you did. And they needed it. And you helped them. And they'll remember that for all eternity. If no can, no can. The people who are unable to help were able to receive. And they find pleasure in seeing you being rewarded by Jesus himself for helping them. And God the Father will be beaming with pleasure as he hears you being rewarded by Jesus for helping others. And he sees those that you helped applauding you. It's eternal. It's forever. If can, can. If no can, no can. But either way, as a giver like the Philippians or a recipient like the Apostle Paul, everyone, even God, finds pleasure in sacrificial giving. And it is our Heavenly Father who modeled to us what it really means to sacrifice in a gift when he gave us Jesus Christ. Do you know this Jesus? If you've never asked Jesus into your heart to be your Savior, there'll be no reward ceremony for you. There'll be no heaven for you. There'll be punishment and hell and separation from the love of God because you've rejected his love and he won't force his love on you. If you are listening and you've never asked Jesus to come into your life to take away your sins, to fill you with himself and give you eternal life, I want to invite you in the next couple moments to cry out to God in prayer and ask him to save you. And he will and he'll change your life now and forevermore. Would you pray with me? With our heads bowed, eyes closed, even though you've been watching on a screen, would you just close your eyes and think of the Lord? And if you, while thinking of Him, realize that you've never received Jesus as your Lord, as your Savior, and you want to right now, cry out to Him and say, Lord Jesus, save me. I believe You died for my sins. I believe You rose from the grave. I ask You to come into my life, live in me and through me, that I might live for You. Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, help us to carry out the message that you've given us today as Christians. Help us to know where to give and when to receive graciously. Help us to do it in a way that brings you pleasure. In your beautiful name we pray. Amen. Be well, be safe, and be blessed. Amen. Well, church, if you received Jesus today, it's the best decision of your eternity. Welcome you to the family, and we would love to connect with you. Would you go onto our website, kailuacommunitychurch.com? There's a button you can click that says Accept to Christ. We would love to let you know what's next and to connect with you a little deeper. But right now, my brothers and sisters, will you receive this benediction? My brothers and sisters, as needs increase, may your sacrifice increase. And as your sacrifice increases, 
May your pleasures increase in the Lord Jesus Christ. We love you so much, church. Have a great week, and aloha.